Blog Talk Radio. It's a Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and guess what? It's time for us to get together with our special guest, a young lady who we've been trying to get together with for the last couple of months, and one thing or another, we had to reschedule and reschedule and reschedule, but tonight she's here live and direct and ready to go, ready to rock and roll. I'm talking about our young author, it's Barry Mohan. She's an author with multiple talents, and she's ready to take on the world. So let's go, folks. She's going to take us on tonight. <laughs> so let's go ahead and say welcome to Ishvari. Ishvari, good evening and welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is so awesome. Well, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you could be here. Now, I want to jump right in and have you tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, you have multiple activities, multiple occupations, mm-hmm. multiple professions. How do you keep it straight? <laughs> Go ahead and tell us, please. <laughs> wow. Right right now I'm doing a really bad job of it. I'm actually coming off of finals in law school, so I had two weeks of straight nonstop work. I'm kind of wow. just work all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's this great, uh, you know, John Green does these does these hangouts. I think it was on it was a Reddit asking anything or something, and someone asked him how he plans his life, and he just said, you know what, I just jump from one crisis to the next, and if I have no crises, I take time off. And I think I think that's what I do, just go from one crisis to the next, and if I don't have something that's you the next day or the next moment, then I just hang with friends and pretend like I don't have anything to do. Okay, okay. Well, I know you have several occupations. You are a singer, you are a global law scholar, and you're an yeah. author of a war drama we can get into all that, but most of all, we're going to focus on your 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 profession as an author. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about your background as a, a, a global law student, a law scholar. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's it's a program at Georgetown Law that focuses on international law, and so there are a bunch of us who are students, and we focus on international law. We take a lot of classes in that we write a huge paper together as a group and we have special classes. Um, it's basically oh. a part of being my being a law student at Georgetown. So yeah, wow. very time consuming as a whole. Yeah. So when I get a parking ticket, can I call on you to help me out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of law, is it? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately not. Unless you're getting a parking ticket because you, like, you know, violated Chinese sovereignty or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. All right. No problem. So let's focus on your background about uh, becoming an author. Uh, first of all, what's your mm-hmm. title of your book? Yeah. So The Eyes of Mikra is the current book that I have out. I wrote it two years ago now. Or it was published now, two years ago now, to be fair. I wrote it a long time yeah. ago. Now, is it based on a true story, or is it fiction? 
Well, so it's fiction and it's entirely fiction. I tried to pick, like, I made up a country and I made up the entire war, um, but it's based on two stories of soldiers' experiences in war, mm-hmm. their experiences with post-traumatic stress disorder, and people's okay. experiences with amnesia in general. Sure. Well, I started to say I'm getting, I'm getting nervous because if you can make up war in your head and put it in a book, oh, my goodness, what would you do when you see me and I get you mad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just a horrible, horrible thing, and I think that it's so hard to yes. capture what goes on as an as an author yes. because you know I haven't yes. lived it, and but I have so much respect for the people who do, and so I've spent a lot of time trying to understand them. So, how does a young lady like you become an author of a war story, a war drama? What's the connection there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, one thing is I wasn't old enough to join the real military, so. Okay. But um, I definitely I've always I've always loved writing and there's been a lot of writing in my in my career and in my academics law school is a lot of writing but it's a completely different type of writing and I I loved writing poetry and short stories and I came up with the idea one day and I outlined it and then I wrote it over the course of the summer I think when I was 15 and um, I finished it and sat on it because I didn't know anything about, you know, publishing it or, or anything. Maybe I just wrote it for myself, and it was fun. Yes. Wow. So how did you end up then turning this piece of personal property that you wrote into a book that became published? Let's go through all the steps one by one. So what did you do yes. next? So I I realized that some people have published books, and I thought, okay, I have this novel. What do I do to get it published? And whenever I decide to do something, I kind of become so serious about it, and I turn it into, like, another career. And it's one of those (laughs) things where I started started music, and it was a hobby, and then it became a career, and I started writing columns, and then it became a career. And um, I... So I decided, okay, I'll find, try to find an agent. But it was a novella, it still is a novella, and it was really hard to find an agent for the longest time, or even a traditional publisher or anything, who wanted yeah. to publish a novella. So I started writing another yeah. full-length novel. I'm still writing a number of full-length novels, and I'm planning on having them come out soon, and that's a lot easier to get traditional publishers or whatever. But I finally got editors to read it. I got editors to edit it. I changed it a million times over. I changed fundamental parts of the story. I did rewriting. Um, And then I eventually published it on Amazon. I had a team of editors, advisors and stuff who suggested that I do that. Got gained traction, did moderately well, and then I got an agent for it. Wow, wow, wow. Amazing, amazing. You are one determined lady. To get that book done, <laughs> you turn it over, over and over and over, right? Yeah, there were so many times I wanted to give up. I feel like that's one thing yes. to keep at it, and eventually somebody will yes. will notice. Yeah. So, what was the main focus of getting this book out? What What drove you to do it? What was your passion? So, one thing is just I'm super type A, and once I decide to do something, I won't stop until it's done. To be frank, uh-huh. that's just one thing. It was just me. But another thing was I really wanted to tell the story and I wanted other people to read the story and I wanted to make the smallest mark that I could. And I still do. This is why I'm getting into politics. Is I want to make the smallest mark that I can on the world. And one of the things is I just wanted yes. people to read this book about war and about how hard war is and understand that it 
a horrible, horrible choice. There are no winners. There are rarely winners. Um, it's always a huge human cost. People don't understand yes. why they're fighting sometimes. It's not useful to yes. blindly hate the other side. And I thought that wow. if I wrote about a fictional war that people wouldn't get polarized. This isn't about ISIS, and this isn't about Iran, and this isn't about the civil war in the U.S., North and South. This isn't about things that we can have political viewpoints on. It's fictional. It's just about mm. the people who fight wars. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What about your family? Did they uh, give you full support when you started writing a book about war? Yeah, um, I don't think they knew very much for the longest time. I mean, I just kind of wrote it, and then I started chopping it around. Um, my family read it, and my my sister's been – she always reads everything I write in law school or in anything I do, um, and she's always edited, edited, edited. She's read, like, a couple hundred versions of it, <laughs> so I really owe her um, – and she reads a couple hundred versions of everything I write, every like column and large. Wow. So definitely super, super supportive. You have a built-in editor in your home, huh? In your family. Yeah, I know. It's super cool. And the best part <laughs> is she's actually a real editor. So she's, she's been the editor-in-chief and president of, like, college newspapers. And she's written for the Smithsonian and for the Humane Society. So she's actually a real editor. Wow. That's awesome. Well... If we come across authors who may be looking for us, there could we send them to you, to your sister? <laughs> yeah, I think she's going to be focusing a lot more on her own writing now. So she's also writing mm-hmm. a novel. She's um, she just wants to be okay. journalist. We'll keep in touch and keep that possibility open and let me <laughs> know if you need that possibility here too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm very, I'm very accessible. She's mine. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Now, what I'm concerned with is for authors, um, the new authors, the novice authors, the aspiring authors, Mm -hmm. many of them get the notion that they could write a book, it'll become a bestseller, and they'll be making hundreds and hundreds of money, or thousands and thousands of dollars. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. quite work that way. There's a discipline to writing a book. Yes, exactly. Now, would you care to share for our audience what the discipline that you had to go through when you sat down to write your book? Uh, you don't yeah. have to go into all the details, but what, what were some of the basic steps you had to do and, and how you yeah. have to discipline yourself? Yeah, so uh, one thing is writing is a job. It's a career like anything else. And if you – I yes. have so many friends who are always like, I, oh, yeah, I'm writing a novel. Um, if you want to – everybody is writing a novel, but nobody has completed novels. And the thing is, it's, yeah. you can't be like, okay, I'm so I'm a full-time lawyer or I'm a full-time – doctor and I'm going to write on the side, you also have to treat it like a real secondary career. Let's call it the He was a doctor when he wrote The Kite Runner, but he treated it as something else he's going to do full-time. John Green was a video blogger. Um, So I think one thing was treating it like a serious career, and even if I didn't want to write, even if I really, really didn't want to do it, it's not for fun. It's it's not a hobby. It needs to get done. So scheduling time in to write every week and writing, regardless of whatever I could get on the page, editing if I didn't want to write, reading what I'd written, or spending time on looking for agents, publishing, finding movie producers, um, marketing the book, marketing, and all of those other things, they're 90% of the time you spend being an author. It's only 10% actually writing. Yes, exactly. So that's that's the reason you don't get bestsellers overnight. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you hit that formula, that proportion. The mathematical proportion quite well. Ninety yeah. percent work, 
ten percent public of of a write-in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know you said that your book was uh, published on Amazon. Is that the mm-hmm. only place where folks can uh, get a copy of your book? It's on Amazon. Um, it will be out in Create Space in next week or the week after that. So that's going to be awesome. Um, one of the main things that I'm focusing on is my next novel, which is a lot of fun to write, but also with this one, um, because it is a novella, it's online, and that's where a lot of people were using nowadays, and it was easier to market it and sell it to a novella that way. But um, something I'm also focusing on with my book is producing an audiobook and uh, making it into a movie. Wow, you have ambition. You go to a book, to an audiobook, to a movie. One, two, three. Hop, skip, and jump across the pond. Wow, my goodness. I, I actually have my an amazing goodness. agent. I do want to shout out to her, Susie Thompson. She's amazing, amazing, Girl, and she's yes. doing a lot of this work. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. That's good. You are one ambitious young lady. I have to commend you on that. Thank you. Uh, from day one, you remember me? I said that. Yes, you've got so much going on that you are inspiration for everyone. You know what I said to my, my, my guests when I find somebody very much like you who is very ambitious mm-hmm. in getting things done? I said mm-hmm. to them, when I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> I think it's awesome that you do so much yourself and that you still, you're always learning and finding new things to do. That's awesome. Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You see, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about passion. When we have yeah. passion, it doesn't matter how big the mountains are, how many trees are in the way, how many bushes yeah. we have to chop down to get to where we want to go. If we want something yeah. to be done, we do it. We get it done. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you decided to go self-publishing with the recommendation of your editor. Did you do any traditional uh, um, about, what should I say, searching for traditional authors, and not authors, but publishers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so traditional publishers always take uh, books only from agents. So now that I, now, I mean, Tizzy is looking for traditional publishers, and I mean, perhaps somebody okay. will want to traditionally publish a novella. I personally okay. think it's biggest, a novella's biggest market will always be online because it's a quick read. Um, even traditional yes. books are getting read more and more online these days. So okay. I'm not necessarily trying to push for a traditional publisher for this particular book, um, but I'm working on three other books right now, and I'm definitely going to go the traditional publishing route with them just because they're longer wow. books. One of them is more like, and one of them is more picture oriented and is kind of a how-to book, nonfic, and so. I'll definitely yes. go the traditional okay. publishing route. So I know a lot about the world, but I haven't actually gone through it yet. Okay, okay. Well, I know that in the world of traditional publishing, there are lots of doors being closed in the face of authors. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I was talking to an author one time a couple of months back, and she said to me she had 36 reject letters from her oh. publishers, potential publishers. But did she mm-hmm. stop? No. She says on the 37th mm-hmm. publisher, she got accepted. <laughs> and I said, well, what's yeah. up, you going? She said, well, I had that book inside of me. It had to be out. It had to be out. So, again, that right. goes that passion. If we got that passion, it doesn't matter right. whether it's 39 doors closed or 99 doors closed or 102 doors closed. So if we decide we want to be an author and that's what we want to do, yeah. sure, we have to do our part of a job. We have to put things in the right perspective. 
the many young so-called authors who decide mm-hmm. they're going to write, but their grammar is not reflecting positively on them. Mm-hmm. And that's something they have to do. If you want to be an author, you have to be an example of right. perfect grammar, punctuation, and storyline. You can't just throw something right. up and say, oh, I'm an urban writer. I'm going to speak in right. Ebonic. Well, that's fine. You do want to speak in Ebonic, but you still have to write clearly so the audience, so the reader can know what you're talking about. Right. Well, well, well. Okay. And you just so do, you you get so much to, better over time. You just keep writing yes. and writing and writing, and it's important yes. to just write all exactly. the time. Exactly. So you haven't had the reject letters yet, but I can, I won't promise you, <laughs> I won't make a promise, but I can almost guarantee you that the reject letters will come. But you are, like I said, big enough now to handle that. <laughs> yes. No, certainly I've been rejected in a lot of ways at every step of my life. Um, one of the hardest things is being young um, because everybody does not think that young people, and I definitely went through the whole reject process for agents as well. Um, and But in general in my life, I think there's been a lot of, a lot of roadblocks. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned, it's just you turn around immediately and move on and do the next thing. You cannot yes. prevent what life throws your way. You can only choose how to deal with it. Now, let me ask you a personal question. You're mm-hmm. very impressive that you have not only ambition, but you have intuition, and you have a desire to make something happen. Where did all that Thank come you. from? <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I really don't know. I like to think it's a combination of nature and nurture. So I think part of it yeah. is my parents have been very supportive yeah. of my education and the things that I want to yeah. do, and that's amazing. Um, and I think a part of it is for some reason since the time I've been incredibly young, I have wanted to do pretty much the same things. I, I still, which is for the record, eventually I want to be in politics, and that has driven most of the things I've done in my life. Not all of them. I pursue music very seriously, and I pursue writing very seriously, but I think all of that is an offshoot of I want to be able to be heard. I want to be able to make a difference. It sounds cheesy, but for some reason, this actually has motivated me to do most of the things that I've done in life. I want to be able to write things that people read. I love writing for millennials and young people and hope that I can change what they look at and what they believe in. And I love speaking yeah. and I love speaking to young people and motivating them to do things. And um, wow. I, I just, I don't know, for me, money has never and will never do make me as happy. And it's not that I'm not selfish. I am, but I gain my happiness from <laughs> genuine thank yous and, being able to know that I did something worthwhile, and so I invest yeah. time in that. Okay. Well, you have a lot of things going on all the time. Uh, you are very ambitious, as I said earlier, but you also, how can I put this, uh, driven to mm-hmm. the difficult courses or <laughs> subject matters. I'm talking about mm-hmm. research in mathematics astronomy, astrophysics, (laughs) how does a young girl like you, a young lady like you, correction, get into those kind of fields? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a completely serious career I was pursuing. Um, 
Yeah, I have always been super, super interested in math and science. I think it's just driven by my desire to understand the world better. I always mm-hmm. like debating religion, uh, religious issues. Where do we come from? Where are we going? Why are we here? Um, I love pushing the boundaries of science. I love learning about high-energy particle physics and cosmology. Wow. So I started to work in mathematics and astronomy when I was in high school, and I had amazing opportunities. I worked in particle physics at Fermilab and at CERN in Switzerland before I graduated high school, and then I spent most wow. of my time at UC Berkeley researching in supernova cosmology. And it was amazing, my and I missed it all the time. Well, you've hop, skip, and jump across the United States, haven't you? You're watching DC <laughs> yes. now. You've been in Berkeley. I, I have been yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where have you been? Where, where did, let's, let's go back to the beginning. Where did you start? <laughs> where did you first? San Jose, Jamaica? California is home. Really? Wow. Yeah. So you went from San Jose to Berkeley to Washington, D.C.? In that order? Yes, and I spent uh, I spent a summer in Fermilab in Chicago. Um, most of my traveling I've actually done has been abroad, so not in the U.S., but my parents my and my sister and I and my family, we drove across the country to get here from California, and that was amazing, and I got to see a lot of the country, which was a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. Now, you're also a writer. Besides being an author, and there's a distinction, you're a writer. You write for a yes. newspaper. Yeah, tell the audience yes, about that, please. I, I love being a columnist. It means I have to I have to write every single week. Um, I yeah. was writing and hope to continue perhaps writing one-off pieces for the Washington Times. I was writing a weekly political column, and I love connecting different um, political ideas to the cultural world. So I was writing things like why Kim Jong-un is an American teenager or what Pirates of the Caribbean can teach us about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I like wow. to connect really weird things together. Um, I hope to get millennials and young people interested in the things I'm interested yeah. in. So right now I write a weekly business column for the Boston Globe, and it's a business column for millennials or other young people, Gen Z and millennials. Um, wow. And it's about business topics of interest. So I love that, and I also um, – I'm a LinkedIn campus editor, and I write a lot of posts on LinkedIn as well. So it's it's good because no. it keeps me writing every week, regardless of how much <laughs> other work I have going on. Um, so that's, yeah. that's always good. You must be a strict disciplinarian on yourself. Self-discipline, disciplinarian. <laughs> I have to be wow. to get anything done. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm trying to catch up with you. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad sometimes, but I wish I had. I wish I could take breaks. These last these last three weeks have been really, really hard. So I'm hoping to yeah. take breaks soon. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know from your bio, you like to write music, as you said. I mean, you like mm-hmm. to write. You like music. You like art. You like ice skating. You like coping. <laughs> of all things. Wow. Yeah. And you like. I like hey, all just <laughs> Yes. Except and you for do sports, I can't. Too. I can't do yeah. sports. Oh, oh, well, there has to be something that uh, you're good at and something you're not so good at, and sports is not one. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's not even not so good. It's, I'm, I'm a nightmare. I can't run. I can't. It's painful. I don't know how people <laughs> get out of their chairs and do things. That's, that's hard oh, my me. I can do everything on my computer. Yeah. Well, you're a thinker and a writer, but you're not a physical person. Well, that's okay. Yeah. The world has to be, the world has to be balanced with special specializations, and you got yours. Yes. 
PTSD. Are you are you involved in working with folks who have PTSD? 
I wish, and I certainly will someday. Um, one of the things that writing about war so much has made me consider seriously is joining the military myself when I graduate. I'm seriously considering yes. the Army or Air Force JAG Corps. Um, but I will definitely. And I think it's it's really horrible um, not to be really political, but the system we have in this country on both sides of the aisle uh, is just not helpful to treat mental illnesses let alone PTSD for veterans, which should be one of our prime yeah. concerns. These are people who went to war to give their lives for our country. And I think we really yeah. need a better, better medical services and better mental health, regardless of whether you're a veteran or whether you have PTSD because you've been through something horrible in life like rape, whether, you're mental, whether you have mental illnesses because you are in law school. A one in, I think two in five law school students are depressed clinically. And we're embarrassed to admit it because, there's so much stigma surrounding mental health and it's not treated like yeah. a real illness, like physical health is. And I think I write about yeah. that some in my book where um, she, the, the main character, the, the narrator, she's losing it and nobody is there for her because nobody even understands there's something wrong with her. And wow. she feels like so pressured to portray to the world something that isn't true because we all want to be confident. We all want to be stressful. We don't want to admit we might have mental problems, but they are, diseases like physical illnesses and it's not your fault like physical illnesses and you do need that help and so i really hope for better help for our veterans in this country under with ptsd and help mental health and for mental health in general around the country and around the world yeah have you ever thought about uh, doing a book signing at the veterans hospital or where veterans are yeah yeah no yeah i i should if i ever do hard copies of my book i will definitely do that and i would definitely love to just get my book out there i that's kind of why i keep it i don't make a lot of money off the book it's like 99 cents um yeah. i just want as many people to read it as possible um yeah. i don't i want people to be able to understand it and so definitely if i ever get hard copies i'd love to give them away even at veteran centers okay well, that's good that's just a suggestion and maybe productive on both sides, on the side of the veterans, knowing that somebody understands them and what they're going through, that somebody, yeah. a, a future lawyer, might be able to <laughs> help guide them through it. And at yeah. the same time, it would be good for you because you get exposure to folks who've been through yeah. the kind of things you write about. Yeah. Yeah, yes, so yes. Oh. And, and, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, definitely shout out to all the people who I did talk to who've been through war and all my friends who are soldiers. And, um, yeah, thank you for your service. And thank you for spending time to talk to me and be so honest about what it was like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So is your book on your website, too? Yes, it is. My website's currently getting redone, but yes, it is on my website, and um, as are my columns and my art and my music. So, yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> Let's back up a little bit. You're an artist. You're an author. You're a writer. <laughs> you're a law student. I'm super you're schizophrenic. Not, you're not I can see why. <laughs> I'm first and foremost going to be in politics, so that's that's my that's my thing. I want to do the okay. best that I can, the most that I can, and I think that's the place where I yes. can do the most. Wow, 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 amazing. You are one amazing young lady with multiple talents. Thank you. You're welcome. And the thing is that really grabbed me when I first met you and started speaking with you is that there are some people who have talent and they keep it to themselves and they mm -hmm. focus on making money for themselves. 
I hear you yeah. keep doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. I have talent. I want to share with the world. I want to help other people. I want to do mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. That's altruism mm-hmm. in its 100% true form. And there's nothing wrong with being altruistic. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. the world becomes a better world when we're all mm-hmm. altruistic in one shape or form. When we could give back something to our community, when we could kind mm-hmm. of give back something to, to our world, to our school, to whatever it is that we're interested in, then we make yeah. a difference in the world. And I see that in you from day one. I really believe that. No, well, thank yeah. you. I really believe that, and I really keep hoping there are other there are plenty of other people out there like that. Um, I'm in a really, really, you know, dirty world. Um, I'm very involved with politics, and I've seen all the horrible things that people do, but I always hope that people can keep perspective. We have one planet. We should take care of it. Yes, that's true. That's true. One planet, we all have to take care of it. It's all yeah. our responsibility, yes. Well, I understand that you have, um, oh, my goodness, we're just about out of time. <laughs> I figured the time a little longer just in case this might happen. I know we have a lot to talk about. We have about 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to, would that be all right? We could chit-chat a little longer? Yes, of course. Okay, great. Well, I know that uh, I would like to talk with you more in depth about being a singer and being an artist. Can we have you back mm-hmm. maybe next Thursday and we pick of one of those course. topics and have it addressed? That would be, okay, yeah, well, of course. I'd love to. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Next Thursday, same time? Sure. Next Thursday, same time. Okay. We got you plugged in already for that then. Okay. So we'll talk about your singing career how you got into that, what you're doing in it, how is it working in the whole nine yards, similar to what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, we should, so, we should definitely ask. Yeah. Maybe I can actually yes. put in a little bit about my legal career and why I can't spend enough time on my singing career, which is another lovely thing. <laughs> time balancing. I need yeah, time yeah. management skills. And I, yeah, I like to think yeah. I'm good at it and I'm, I'm okay at it, and I still need infinitely better time management skills. Well, you got so much going on, lady. You really do. <laughs> Tell you what, is there anything else you'd like to uh, chit-chat about before we wrap things up? No, it's, you've asked amazing questions. I'm so glad that I finally got a chance to do this. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad we had a chance to finally get together and talk. Well, let's have you uh, share with the audience a closing thought. What would you like to leave some line for our audience who are primarily novice authors and uh, aspiring authors? Yeah, um, do what you love, write what you love, even if it's crazy, even if people tell you it's not going to sell because it's dumb, even if people tell you it's not going to sell because it's poetry or a novella or because people don't write poetry that rhymes anymore or that we've already had one too many cancer romance novels or we don't want to read stuff anymore that's super cliched and your book is clearly cliched or it's too risky to kill off your main character halfway through your novel. Do what you love. Write what you want to write because you have a great idea and you want to write it. And it makes you excited to write it and get up in the morning and open your computer or however you write. Don't care about what's going to sell because everything might sell, nothing might sell. You're going to have to spend a lot of time in marketing, even if you wrote next Tolstoy. And you're going to have to spend time marketing whether you wrote the next, you know, absolute garbage. So write what makes you happy, what you think you'd be proud of, and don't care about whether or not it's going to sell. 
In other words, do it because you want to, not because you have to. Yes, and not because you think it's mm. going to make you money or make you rich, because yes. honestly, writing is not a great career for that. Yes. Yeah, don't write to make money. Write to give a message, and that message itself yes. will help make you money. There you go. And actually, don't do anything for money. That's a horrible, horrible reason. If you're doing something only for money, you're in the wrong career. There you go. Thank you for saying that. Repeat that, please. <laughs> if you're doing something only to make money, you're in the wrong career. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's very, I could talk with you all day, all night, because you got so much going on, but I know I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you, dear. I know I don't want to eat up your time because we'll have you back next Thursday. We'll talk about your musical career, see how that's going. And who knows, we'll develop things as we go from there. So I want to thank you for taking time to be with us. Thank Ryder, you. It's been amazing talking You're to welcome. you. Okay, same here. Let me, get, let me tell the audience your background. Ms. Singer, Ms. Ryder, Ms. Law School, <laughs> Global Law School Scholar, <laughs> Author, what else? What did I leave out? Uh, astronomy, mathematics, astrophysics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just blown away that you're doing so much, but you have a good heart and you're sharing with the world. So that's a good thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Good. We'll thank meet you. you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. Although the bumps were in the road, we still drove over them, didn't we? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Now we'll catch up with you next Thursday, and we'll talk about your singing career, and we'll go forward with that. And what we could do is tell your audience. In fact, I don't know if you can do this uh, at your work or not, but uh, I think you have something to really tell the audience about. And, and if you can get the word out to let people know, hey, listen, I may be young, but I have some thoughts and some things I'm doing that may be of interest to young folks. I'll be willing to help mm-hmm. support you any way I can to help promote that thought. So you yeah, got, yeah, that's Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I am very pleased that you took time to be with us tonight. I'm glad that you're willing to continue chatting with us because you have so much to offer, and you do it from the heart, not from the pocketbook. So I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Notice, thank you. I thank you wonderful. three times because <laughs> it's genuine. Okay, my friend. We'll meet you next Thursday. And one last yeah. thing before we go to the audience again, where they can get your book? Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, just Google the eyes of Mikra. That's M-I-K-R-A. It'll be available on CreateSpace soon. There'll be an audio book out soon. Look for it. Very good. Thank you ever so much. We'll catch you next Thursday. And so long for now. Have a pleasant evening. Thank you. Okay. Folks, we got through the interview. I know we ran over a little bit. But at the same time, we had a whole lot to talk about, and I think we oh, catch my breath now. <laughs> we got it all covered, at least the author's portion. We still have more to unravel. That we'll do next Thursday. So keep your calendars open for next Thursday, same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll pick up another interview with Ishvari Mohan, a, lady, a young lady with multiple talents taking on the world. So until next time, this is Etienne in the Author's Corner saying, so long, everyone. Take care. And authors are there. Keep at it. Don't give up. Keep at it. So long, folks. Take care. We'll see you next time.